This morning, the message is sandwiched between two very significant events, the celebration of the Lord's Supper and baptism. Each of these remind us of who Jesus is and why Jesus came. The Lord's Supper reminds us of Jesus' sacrifice and of our forgiveness. Baptism reminds us of the new life that we have in Christ and being brought into the new, a new family the body of Christ, the church. Today is the final message in this series, I Am a Church Member. And I saved this particular portion till last because I wanted to take a moment to share my heart as a pastor with you. Because even though I am a pastor, your pastor, I am also a church member. I'm one of the sheep. And so today, I wanted to take a moment with the help from God's word. I wanted to take a moment to tell you thank you. To express my gratitude to you. And to do that, I'm going to need the help of the Apostle Paul, who also had the heart of a pastor for a church in a city called Philippi. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to open up to Philippians chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 3 through 11. This is is Paul sharing his heart with his flock. Philippians chapter 1. It's in the New Testament. If you just keep going from the Gospels, just keep going to the right, you'll run into it. Philippians chapter 1. This is one of the letters from Paul. One of his prison epistles, written while he was in prison in Rome. Hear now the word of the Lord. I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you, always praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I'm sure of this, I'm confident of this, That he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And it's right for me to think this way about all of you. Because I have you in my heart. And you are all partners with me in grace. Both in my imprisonment and in the defense and establishment of the gospel. For God is my witness how deeply I miss all of you. With the affection of Christ Jesus. And I pray this, that your love will keep on growing in knowledge and every kind of discernment so that you can approve the things that are superior and can be pure and blameless in the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. You get a sense here of the pastor's heart that beats in Paul. As he's writing to these believers in Philippi, Paul was very likely the first believer to to go into Philippi, at least with the intent of sharing the gospel and perhaps starting a church. And if you read in the book of Acts, you discover that the first person that we have recorded that he encountered was a woman named Lydia. She was a businesswoman. 
She sold purple cloth, which was a fairly rare commodity. So she was probably fairly affluent in that community and influential among her peers. She was the first convert that we know of in the city of Philippi. We know of another convert who would have, that Paul encountered kind of in a different circumstance. It was this jailer. The guy responsible for keeping Paul locked up because he was preaching the gospel and creating quite a stir. This Philippian jailer also came to Christ. We really don't have a record of how many others came to Jesus, but we know there were more than just those two. And what we discover is this church that Paul planted was never far from his heart. He always had concern about them, and he always prayed for them. Now, you will not find a church in the New Testament that is perfect, just as you will not find a church in our modern times that is perfect. A perfect church can't have people in it. Because even though one day God will perfect us totally, we're not there yet. And because we're not there yet, there there are always things that happen in a church, hurt feelings, misunderstandings, disagreements. Those things things happen in a church. There is no perfect church, but you know what? The church doesn't have to be perfect for the pastor, like Paul, to love it. Just like your kids aren't perfect and you love them. Hey, but we can turn that equation around too. The pastor doesn't have to be perfect for his people to love him either. At least I'm hoping that's the case. This is a symbiotic relationship, pastor and flock. A connection that that goes deeper than just a a friendship, one would hope. That there is a, a love and mutual respect and care that happens between pastor and people, something like what is reflected here in the words of Paul. Did you notice that how many times he used the word all and every and always in this passage? He's kind of piling it on here, but he's not doing it in order to flatter them. You know, we tend to flatter people because we want something out of them or we want them to feel a certain way about us. But Paul is just Bearing his heart to them, just opening himself up and sharing with them. And what he's saying is something like this. You're always on my mind. You're in my mind. You're in my heart. And you're in my prayers. You're important to me. And even though I'm a long way off right now and I can't get to you, I can't, I can't see you eye to eye, I can't put my hand on your shoulder. I can't embrace you and kiss you on the cheek. Even though I can't do all of that now, I'm confident of this, he says. I'm I'm confident of this. That he who started a good work in you, God who began something in you, is going to carry it on to completion until Jesus comes back. Even if I'm not there. And even if I can't share with you and walk with you and celebrate with you and grieve with you, you need to understand you're not alone. 
God who started this, because God started it, I didn't. God who started it is going to be faithful to complete it. This is Paul's heart. Now, I'm sure that there were times when Paul was, was frustrated with churches and maybe even the church in Philippi. He certainly had some issues with the church in Corinth. And if you take a look in the, in the New Testament or you go all the way over to the book of Revelation, you see there are letters to seven churches. Jesus had some issues with some of the things that were happening in some of the churches there as well. But what I want you to know this morning is, like Paul, I'm grateful not only to belong to Jesus, but with you to belong to this local body of believers called Grace Fellowship. When I think of you, and I do think of you, you're not only on my mind, you're in my heart. We're sharing together in this carrying of the gospel across the street and, and around the world. You know how, how as a parent you kind of burst with pride? I mean the good kind of pride and, and satisfaction in seeing something that your, your kids or your grandkids have accomplished. I know you do because I see you out there. I don't have my cell phone with me. I see you out there with your cell phone showing pictures of your kids, of your grandkids, of, of an accomplishment. For some of you who are on, on social media, I, I see the things that you, you post on social media and how, how happy you are for the achievements that your kids and grandkids have had. That's kind of how I feel about you. I mean, I, I really don't want to just go out and brag and brag and brag about you, but it's kind of hard not to. Yesterday, Nancy and I had a chance to talk with the, the candidate who will be uh, coming to see us on the worship ministry soon. And uh, Nancy and I had a chance to kind of video conference with him. And, and it was all I could do to hold back from bragging on you guys. Because I've never experienced a church like this. I've never been a part of a church like this. And I'm grateful for it. I want you to know this. I don't tell you enough how thankful I am that God led me and a, and a group of others to, to begin this body of believers and has led you to, to be a part of this church. I'm sure you're not unique in the sense that there's never been a church like this before, but I've never been a part of a church like this before. And I'm grateful. When I talk with people outside the church and I share with them I'm a, uh, that, that I am a part of Grace Fellowship, I don't always tell them I'm the pastor. You know why? Because if I do, then they get guarded. But if I just tell them, hey, I'm a member at Grace Fellowship, then sometimes I discover things about the church I wouldn't have discovered otherwise. People will say things back to me that they might not. Well, if he's a pastor, I don't want to say that. But here's the thing. Everything I hear is positive. You need to know that. There are churches that have reputations and they aren't good. 
But when I talk to people, they, they share with me positive things. And sometimes it's about the building. Hey, I, I like your building. I've been inside your building, you know, da, 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 da. But most of the time, it's about you, not the building. It's about how you are being Christ for them in the community. How you are making a difference in the lives of people. How you are living out your faith on a daily basis in a world that, quite frankly, doesn't always receive that well. I hear positive things. And I got to tell you, good or bad, I want to bust a button. I'm grateful, grateful to be a part of this. And maybe when I look at the words of Paul, I can, I can understand just a little bit of how he felt about that church in Philippi. And so I want you to know, just as Paul said, I think of you, you're in my mind, you're in my heart, and I give thanks to God for my every thought of you. I give thanks. I want you to know that I pray for you with joy. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm always praying with you for you with joy because everything's going great within your life. Because for some of you, I know you've got some real, real struggles that you're going through right now. And so I'm not, it's not that I'm flipping about my prayers. But I pray for you with joy because I know this, that he who began a good work in you is going to carry it on to completion. That what you're going through now is not the totality of your life. And God's not finished. And so I pray for you with joy and I delight that you and I get to share the gospel and to share the love of Jesus together. And so in many ways when I read Paul's words, it's as if I could have written them with the exception of the part of being in prison. I am a grateful church member, and I'm grateful to pastor what, quite honestly, I believe is a great church. I'm grateful for the grace of God that saved me, that we celebrated as we came to the Lord's table, and that we will celebrate as we come to the waters of baptism. I'm grateful for the people that God has placed in this fellowship who love me, accept me, even though, guys, you know this, right? You know I'm not perfect. Can I get an amen on that? Okay, you know that. But you still love me. And you still accept me and you still encourage me and you still hold me accountable. And I need that. I may be pastor, but I'm also one of you. I'm part of the flock, and we're in this together. I'm grateful that together we share a common mission, and that mission is to make the name of Jesus known, to call people to come into the life-changing relationship with Him. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that we get to serve others shoulder to shoulder together in the name of Jesus. I'm grateful for that. 
And here's what I've discovered. It's a secret. Well, it's not really a secret because it's scriptural. When you're grateful, you're joyful. And when you're ungrateful, you're miserable. And so I'm a grateful church member. And I invite you to join me in that. And so let let me, I've only got, hey, listen, this is a, a short message. I only have two truths I want to share with you this morning. Very, very short, very, very brief. But I hope will be challenging for you. And the first truth is this. Our faith is something that we can take for granted or something for which we can be grateful. Our salvation experience is something that we can take for granted or something for which we can be grateful. And far too often, can I confess? Far too often I'm taking that for granted. Here's the truth. If I were to die, I mean, keel right over here, tumble down the steps. It would be quite dramatic. If that were to happen to me, I have no doubt where I would open my eyes again. No doubt. Why? Is it because I am a pastor? No. Is it because I'm a part of this church? No. Is it because I am really a good person and everybody says so? No. Why? I am only one, one, one reason that I will be in the presence of God when this life is over, and that is because of what Jesus has done for me. I am saved by grace. That is God's gift. It's not mine. I'm saved by grace through faith, trust, belief in him, And this is not of myself. It is the gift of God so that I have nothing to boast about except him. Do you know that? Do you have that confidence? I'm boasting in nobody but Jesus here. If you can boast in that, if you're grateful for that, then I celebrate with you. And if you can't, if you don't know that, then can I tell you you can you, you can. You can have a confidence that no matter what happens in this life, God's got you. And he's never going to let you go. How do you do that? You do that by receiving Jesus by faith. The Bible says if we confess our sins to God, then he's faithful. He's just. And he will forgive us of our sins and he will purify us, clean us up from all unrighteousness. The Bible tells us. That if we place our faith in Jesus Christ, God's Son, that we have life. Life. That we are born again. Born anew. That's for us. That's for you. How do you do that? You simply go to God and you you pray a a very simple prayer from your heart. Something something to the effect of this. It's not my words that are magical. Listen, you just go to God and you say, God, I understand I'm a sinner. And I'm lost. But I don't want to be. And so today I come to confess to you that I'm placing my faith in Jesus Christ who died for me and rose again 
I'm putting my trust and my faith in him. And I want to follow him all the rest of my days. Listen, if you mean a prayer like that, if you mean it, then the Bible says that when you accept Jesus, a party starts in heaven. The angels, they're getting geared up, striking up the band. The angels rejoice when one sinner, one sinner, just one, and all the millions and billions of people, just one sinner comes to Christ, the angels rejoice. The Bible says that your name is inscribed in the Lamb's book of life. Who among you needs that today? This could be your day of salvation. A moment you will remember for all eternity. We will either be grateful for that or we'll take it for granted. Can I give you a hint? Don't take it for granted. Not what Jesus has done for you. Don't take it for granted. And the second truth is this, and it's very similar to the first, and it's this. Church membership. Not having your name on a roll, but being a part of the body of Christ. Church membership is something we can take for granted or something for which we can be grateful. Now, I'm going I'm to invite you into my home right now to let you know that on Sunday mornings, it's not always easy for Nancy and I to get up and be here. Can I, can I just be honest with you on that? Some of you experience the same thing. It's a challenge. You think, my goodness, at least for, for her, because they've got a day off tomorrow, at least for her, it's a three-day weekend. Oh, man, wouldn't it be great just didn't have anything to do for three days? Just didn't have to go anywhere. Just lay around in your pajamas all day for three days. Man, wouldn't that be awesome? But as we talked about this morning, you know, the realization came, we could get up, we can get up and come, and we're not being followed by the secret police. We can do this. We can come and join together with you guys in worship and not have to worry and do it in the broad daylight, not have to do it in a, in a dark room somewhere in the middle of the night so that people don't come and, and, and run us off and beat us up. We can walk out of this building onto the public square and declare the name of Jesus Christ without getting our heads lopped off. Is church membership something we're grateful for? Cherish? Rejoice in? Or is it something we simply take for granted? Can I give you a hint? Don't take it for granted. Not all of our brothers and sisters have this. And for some of you who've kind of been on the periphery, you've, you, you've, you've been around but you really haven't connected, can I encourage you to consider being a part of the local body called Grace Fellowship? Joining your life with us, becoming a part of the body rather than being apart from the body. If you need a church home, maybe this is where God's calling you. And if it is, don't let anything hold you back. I am grateful 
to be a church member. I'm grateful to be a Christian. I'm grateful to be your pastor. I invite you this morning to consider the blessings of believing, belonging, and becoming so that you too might know what it means to be a grateful church member. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word. These words of Paul written so long ago still speak powerfully of what it means to be a part of a church, what it means to belong, what it means to be grateful. Father God, I thank you that you have placed me here as your child in this particular body. Lord, we rejoice. I rejoice over that this morning. There are many others this morning who rejoice over that this morning. But I want to pray specifically, Lord, for those who don't know, who don't have that confidence of eternal life, but who are ready today to enter into it, to have that blessed assurance that Jesus is theirs. Lord, if you're calling someone to yourself today, someone to come to faith today, draw them. Draw them by your love. Draw them by your grace that they might know you. Lord, if there are those who need a church home and you've been calling them to come and and to connect, let this be, let this be the day. There are those who simply have taken both their salvation and their membership in the body of Christ for granted, who simply want to come, Lord, and say that they're sorry and want a new start. Let this be the day. Let them come. Lord, whatever it is that you call us to, we're ready to respond. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.